If you're just tuning in, welcome. This is Mango Masala, the South Asian show, here on Pi Radio, Manchester's number one youth radio station. Uh, in case you can't tell, guys, it's been a while since I've done a live show. I was saying this last night, like, I've got so used to being pre-record and yeah. uh, how it allows you to make mistakes, edit, um, go back. Tell inappropriate jokes, yeah, and, swear yeah. on, on camera. And now I'm here with the human time bomb, Halima. Hey, no, no, it's no, me. No, no, no Islamophobia intended. Hey, <laughs> no, like. Yeah, before, come for our next. Um, well, yeah, how are you, Halima? Um, good, but cold. Cold. I'm more, it, it's, the thing is, it's warmer. Do you know what I mean? It's not, it the cars aren't freezing anymore. That's true. Do you know what? I'm always complaining about the cold, but I'm never actually dressed for the weather. Like, I'll literally be in like, I, uh, I do have winter clothes. I just don't like wearing winter clothes. I'm just, you know what it is? I'm such a summer babe. I'm always, I call it aspirational dressing. Like, I'm always dressing for the weather that I wish it was rather than the w- weather it actually is. Manifest it. That's what I'm doing mm. with my wardrobe choices, manifesting. Well, but don't make me go into anti mode again. Oh my mm. God. For those who aren't aware, you will be made aware. <laughs> yeah. <soon. laughs> yeah, lots of fun content coming your way. But speaking of, we had a nice mango masala link up with us and uh, Simran and a couple of friends last night. Um, just chilling at mine, recording content, eating some very nice food for um, no sponsored content, but Berinda Wilmslow, if you want to check it out, like, <laughs> would definitely recommend. I've been looking forward to it for a very long time. It's Carlos's favourite. Why do you yeah. love it so much? It just it has a sweetness that I've not really had it's probably realistically it probably is bad for you like the fact that it's like sweet and like yeah it's not healthy food but at the same time it made the anticipation was killing me and then there was a moment last night where I was like oh does it make sense for us to get it but then it all worked out and I was just like I'm happy now but speaking of there was a member of our group last night that was having a bit of issues in bowel issues yeah passing (laughs) movements um they shall remain nameless um however that person um had berinda i literally i said to her when we went to pick it up i literally i was saying to her girl if anything's gonna make you go it will probably be this and i was expecting it might be like this morning and then last night at 11 p.m i got a message like halima i have dot 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 past stuff dot 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 and, and i was like wow the reason i wanted to talk about that was because obviously we've just walked up four flights of stairs pi radio there's no water here i don't know what's going on sort mm-hmm. it out because we need it when you walk up those stairs the first thing i think is i need water mm. and no offense vernon mill but i don't trust the tap the tap water here oh my god yeah um but yeah there's no water <laughs> and we're both like this and then Halima was obviously saying like oh I'm really thirsty and then I got thinking about yeah I'm actually feeling what the person yesterday probably was feeling right now and I'm gonna have to last for the next two hours before I go home to her um, oh. yeah because I had the leftovers for um, <coughs> lunch this morning so oh, yeah oh did you now yeah. well I mean there's definitely no way you can safely go in the Vernon Mill toilet exactly I, I have only ever been when I've been forced to and that was um, chilly ch- chilly challenge and he sneaks what into the ladies about. ones they are uh, much cleaner. Alleged, allegedly, 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 allegedly. Can, cannot confirm <laughs> or deny. I mean, I don't blame you. Honestly, do not blame you. But uh, yeah, they're not. I don't understand. Like, okay, so so for 
people who don't who like listen to us and don't know where actually so Pi Radio was based in Vernon Mills and it is like an old mill basically like in the center of Stockport and I don't understand I I get like it's a protected building because obviously it's like very old and it's an artifact I guess but the shot like in this country if something is protected like you can't do any work on it right it, yeah so it's a listed building oh, yeah, that's which it. it's like you can do stuff in it i think it's like basically like, it's really hard you like you can't change the structure of it essentially yeah like. basically but yeah i don't know i just feel like it's just if anyone's been in here it's a great space as well like, i don't know i feel like stockport council really need to look into like actually investing in in this building because i feel like it's a great multi-purpose space it's huge it's massive and there's already a lot going on in Vern- vernon mills there's like art studios here yeah, there's a pole dancing studio there's a gym walking up the stairs there's a million posters of everything everything that's going on. yeah there's so I, much you know what's mad is like when i actually <clears throat> um worked here at pie radio there would be times obviously i spent a lot of time here there'd be times were like I think doors would be locked and I ended up like randomly exploring and it's mad like every floor is completely different like you know obviously we're on the top floor and it's very much open plan wooden floors lots of different units whereas say for example the second floor it's like all carpeted and like it's almost oh. like all offices oh. and it's it's like and That's interesting. yeah it's it, and there's no windows and it's very much like am i in a different building like, I'm, I'm into the different worlds by going here like yeah no they definitely like i i really think that it could attract a lot of footfall because it's right in the center of stockport it's very easy to get to it's right off the motorway um and it's a huge like i said a huge building they just need to like fix it up a little bit mr vernon mill whoever you are whoever owns <laughs> vernon mills is it not the council i i don't think so i think oh it's privately owned i i believe so i oh, don't know okay sure. well whoever but, owns it whether it's the council or whatever invest a little bit into this property and it could be something really amazing yeah invest in some nice toilets i think that should be just sort it out like it's so it's, it's just broke up this whole place is just broke up you know we're gonna be responsible for pi radio getting um eliminated from <laughs> no way we just voice freedom of giving sne- freedom invaluable of business advice yeah. people literally pay for business counsel this astute yeah and we're giving it's it to you for free live on dv radio live on to TV everyone radio. <laughs> listening feedback. yes anyway um few more serious things to talk about today that we'll get into later but before that i thought let's kick off the show on a bit more of a light note um halima i remember you saying that you were waiting until we were in the studio to talk about the time that your sister got her bully removed from a place of work and we're not going to mention any names but it was it was a retail store (coughs) oh my god yeah and i've been waiting to hear this story when did i say that a while back, I think it was probably on the pre-record. Now, when we're talking about this, obviously don't mention any no, like no, the no, name of the place or oh anything like god, that. Oh my god, I can't but... believe like. Oh, you remembered that. Anyways, it's time that to is spill. that is a very interesting story. I'm not gonna lie. So my sister, she's just always talking. Like she just talks bears, and she's just she's a middle child. 
Is it middle child upper or lower? Lower. Okay. So she's just a middle child. That one has middle child syndrome. Yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna say because I get the vibes that she is more talky she, than middle child upper bro, one. Yeah. Middle child upper, she's calm. She doesn't have yeah. middle child syndrome. This middle child lower one, oh my days, on steroids. As in that she's just always chatting, 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 and she's chatting to me about this one woman in her work. So she works in a large like department retail store. She's she's a uni student, so it's like a part time job. And there's this woman who is like significantly older than her. I think she's in her like my sister's twenty, and this woman is like in her forties, basically. <clears throat> and she told me a couple of times that like, this woman's like dead weird with her. She's really funny with her. Like she kind of like mistreats her a little bit. I'm just like, oh okay, yeah, whatever, whatever, whatever. Not really listening. Anyways, so like recently she comes in and she tells me something, and she's like, just read this statement, and it's a statement from her friend, basically talking about this woman. She is, it's actually unbelievable. Bearing in mind, this woman is literally like in her 40s. She is, so basically there was a a third party, another young girl who had joined this department store to work at. And this old woman, the bully, had basically um, like clutch, got her like, uh, what, what do you call it? Got her claws into this young girl and was basically what, like, like as in literally no no no, no, no oh. like metaphorically got her claws into this young girl and basically started up brainwashing her telling her that there's this group of people my sister and two of her friends who are like they're really nasty like i can't say on on radio what she said but like she was like they're really nasty they're really manipulative and they bully her and they spread rumors about her like she's a lesbian and all of these things like she's unmarried that is literally like so 2003 it's like <laughs> it's, no, it's literally, it's like a playground stuff. Yeah. But this woman is in her 40s. She's like, yeah, they, you know, they treat me like this and they treat me like that. And they made this rumor about me and made it. And you know what's really funny as well? Like, obviously, my sister and her friends didn't make any rumors up about her. So it's like, you're making up you're the one making up these rumors it's like where'd you get that from like where where in your head have you got that someone has made up that you're gay and that that's what they're gonna bully you about like so anyways she's she's doing all of that and then this girl this woman and then oh yeah and then yeah and then with this this little the the new recruit the one who she's like trying to manipulate and brainwash she was also friends of my sister so she's seeing my sister and she's seeing something diff- completely different to what this 40 year old is telling her and then the 40 year old starts like um really crossing boundaries and like she's like oh can i talk to your mom like calling her at home all the time and your she's like, mom no 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 to the new girl oh, okay. she's like oh can i talk to your mom can i all of these things and then like she was like okay like she, this woman's this 40 year old's a bit weird so she was like putting boundaries in and the 40 year old kept like crossing boundaries and one time i think her mom came to pick her up and she just ran out and started like chatting to her mom again telling her the same drama like oh yeah there's these girls at work and they treat me like this and they say this and they say that and it's like why on earth would your colleague's mom your like 20 year old colleague's mom care about your workplace drama and then she would just do, she did the same thing with her brother her brother came to pick her up one time and she came down and she was being like really inappropriate with her brother she's just very very weird and then the final straw was basically she this is what she used to do she used to put her phone in the stock room and leave it on record and listen to like what the staff were talking about wow. so she could have like ammunition against them isn't that mad but that's also like GDPR violation right if, if it's in a workplace, potentially, it, yeah. Yeah, no, like, you're, in, you're like, leaving your phone out to eavesdrop on people's personal conversations. It's literally insane. Um, so they basically all just, like, 
got together and they all wrote like their own personal accounts against this woman initially when she told me she was like yeah we're gonna like basically like try we're gonna get her fired basically i was like come on like small workplace bullying or whatever it's calm like you can't be costing someone's job in a cost of living crisis but I think especially when I heard the bit about she's like secretly recording people to use yeah, things against them I'm like, like that's a bit nuts it's like, like one slip up by someone and not even like, but like people could be really talking about really like yeah, personal things and true. there was another incident where a different girl had gone through something quite traumatic at work she had been like assaulted basically and then the 40 year old tried to make out the same thing happened to her like basically lying about it and they can they know the line because the details she gave were inconsistent with the story basically um this place of work sounds very hectic not gonna lie. Well, i think I, I don't think it usually is i think usually it's very good like everyone likes each other everyone gets along and like it's just this random 40 year old woman that has come in and decided like this beefing with 20 year olds is my portion in life i mean to isn't that to strange get, again like you were saying before i feel like obviously if she needed to go, if she needed to go, and I'm pretty, did she go? I don't know. I think they uh, just when she told me they just sent in like uh, their complaints and stuff. Yeah, well, I think also clearly there is some. I am imagining there is some reason that she is acting the way she is. Which I'm sorry if she's gone through something. She, that uh, that's what I'm thinking. Obviously, you're not quite all there. there. Yeah. Well, I and like that's what I mean. When my sister first told me, I was like, "Nah, bro, you don't be doing that. Like, you can't be costing people their jobs or whatever." But then she's impacting people like at work. Like the the girl who she's like been manipulating. I think she's had like she gets scared to come into work, and she's like, um, she gets really nervous and like really anxious yeah. about crossing paths with her, and she feels like she has to avoid her. And then obviously she was being really inappropriate with her family members and. And like oh, just massively overstepping boundaries and like all the other girls as well like she's like making up rumors about them and you know what's really funny as well like she was she was she made up this rumor that they called her gay but then she was saying homophobic things about a different a different member yeah which doesn't surprise me to be honest yeah like, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I think it's kind of like you've always got to be considerate of what people might be going through but when it starts affecting other people that's that's the point where exactly like, exactly yeah. and and this has been going on for a while as well by the way so it's not like they just straight away were like you need to go like it was really like it was a lot of things building 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 and i think it got to a point where it was like a number of people were now feeling like unsafe and unhappy about coming into work and what she's going to come up with next and kind of all the drama that she causes do you know what i mean like it's the last yeah. thing you want in your place of work yeah they're very interesting story and it's actually triggered something in my mind of um something that happened a couple of um years ago it was the recording thing that i was like okay this is an interesting story um so basically um when my sister first started uni mm. she um was in halls in like a flat of six people and there was um a point at which all their food seemed to keep going missing but it was like really weird things like you know like if you listen to that then you would expect like maybe like oh like someone stole like some flatmates just teeth and yeah, a little bread and milk or, and or a chocolate bar or yeah. something like that but it was like really weird things like ingredients that you couldn't actually 
do anything with like i can't remember what it was but it was just yeah, kind of like, that's really stuff, bizarre yeah. just kept missing kept going missing and it's just kind of like okay like clearly someone is taking this and i think it was kind of obvious which one of the flatmates it was like, and obviously this is fresh as like the very beginning mm. i believe this person wasn't actually a fresher um they were like oh. kind of like yeah um which i think they maybe have had something similar go on in the past Still, i don't there's know there's a reason for that yeah and I think it was very obvious that it was this person. I think there were conversations had, but they would always deny it. And um, eventually what they did was um, my sister actually... Um, Put a camera? Yeah, well, she got um, my mum's old phone. That's jokes. And I like, left it in the kitchen. And lo and behold... It was that person. Yeah, literally. And I Don't saw, I've seen, lie. I've seen they got the call like a rat on the highway. I've literally Don't seen the video lie. as well. Like, literally, they just wandering and they're in the kit, in the fridge. And it's like, I love it. I love it. And what do they do with it? I think they were got... They did get removed from... The no, I mean, what were they doing with the ingredients? Like, just u- eating it, using it? Well, they were definitely... It was going into their room. So I don't know whether they were just keeping Stopping it <laughs> like a little you know what, you know, what, you know what a kleptomaniac is? Yeah. So, some people... So for mm. those who don't know a kleptomaniac is someone who just impulsively, compulsively steals yeah. for no... Not out of desire for the object, but just to satisfy that impulse to steal, yeah. basically. Um, that's... Yeah, some people are just kleptomaniacs. Like some yeah. people just steal for the... Like, what are you going to do with an OXO cube? Nothing. I, yeah. just, I just want that dopamine hit of just teeth in. And again, like, I think it is obviously the element that's funny is the whole, like, literally catching them in the act. But then clearly this yeah. person probably, there's got to be a reason that they've ended up being Genuinely. like that. So oh, that it's just that's embarrassing. In- yeah. That is so, I mean, we've all been there. We've all nicked a splash of milk or a spoon of sugar or whatever, like. Yeah, but that's like commodities isn't yeah it? Like, exactly something that you know it's not valuable like or that they're gonna miss or that you it, you'd be you know what it mind if someone took it from you do you know what i mean yeah but that's that's just and, oh. and especially to get confronted about it and continue doing it i think that's and what consistently makes me think, as like, well obviously yeah. so they're just not stopping like wow that's bizarre yeah Crazy. funny meet funny people in this world <laughs> people really are strange in this yeah. world the way people choose to deal with certain things that they've been through like it's just weird you know some people steal food out of fridges and some people make beef with 20 year olds beef <laughs> with people half their age if you're just tuning in welcome my name's Gerns. i'm here with halima hey guys what's up just getting us off prepped because we're going to start talking about some serious stuff now yeah we are yeah oh, i love it Oh, uh, it should be bad, bi- bad vibes world, man. Yeah. Well, we're going, go in. What would you like to do? Would you like to start with here or? Doesn't even matter. It's just all yeah. news, isn't it? Hit the music. Bad vibes it doesn't even feel right. You put in such a peppy, peppy like. Yeah, I know. On something this. But depressing. I feel like if you don't like have a bit of laugh, then you cry. We Let's start here. So basically, <laughs> yeah. So right, what's happened in the UK? Because we're going to start off on Bad Vibes Island before we go Bad Vibes on tour. Global, yeah. Um, essentially, obviously, it's been known for ages that um there were 
so many asylum seekers that come to the UK. If you don't, if you haven't seen it in the news all the time, it is put out as a overly negative thing from the perspective of oh, these people are coming to our countries like illegally, blah blah blah. When in reality, it should be there are so many people around the world that try to come to the UK for a better life because they're fleeing persecution or yeah. really bad situations from where they're from. It's a, a very much a crisis, like the way yeah. that they're. Uh, yeah. It. An invasion, sorry. It is a crisis and they're presenting it as an invasion. Yeah. But what's been in the news most recently is um, the statistic that more than 4,600 unaccompanied asylum-seeking children have been housed in hotels in the UK since July 2021, but 440 have gone missing during that time. So in the past oh year and God. a half, um, some 200 children are still unaccounted for 13 of which are under the age of 16 so if you're going to look at that in terms of percentages 10 percent of the um unaccompanied um, asylum seeking children that come to the uk have gone missing in the past year and a half with five percent of them still unaccounted for now um it obviously like I said, it's been in the news although actually not as much as i would argue it should be given that i think that is quite a very startling yeah. News, yeah um during the pmqs on wednesday labor mp um tulip sadiq asked rishi sunak ministers have admitted that they ha- um that they have no idea of the whereabouts of these children does he still think the uk is a safe haven for vulnerable children mm-hmm. to which conservative mp jonathan umgulis then heckled well they shouldn't have come here illegally <laughs> um which is just such a i would argue my so opinion is that, is that why is that, is that why they're is that why they've lost them then that because they're here illegally and what if they'd come through official routes that they they wouldn't have um the the, the, the state wouldn't have been so negligent and then that begs a question okay then what makes a valuable life how do you frame a valuable life yeah. legality law like a bureaucracy whether yeah. or not someone has papers is 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 basically determines whether or not someone's life, life is worth yeah is 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 seen as valuable basically is worth kind of looking after it's insane like it's actually insane i do, i can't understand like carlos i started talking about this before and my, straight away my first response is like i don't understand how something like this can happen in a country that is so bureaucratic it's literally like especially somewhere like london it's they called it like it was like the first big brother city somewhere like london they will catch you if you if your car so much as slips into the bus lane they will catch you that's so true actually they will catch you but your your half a tire is in the bus lane next week you've got a ticket in the in the post speaking from experience i am speaking from i know there was how could how could there be one time when i got free tickets in five days i don't even want to talk about that point is it's they very 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 much know exactly what is up in this country who goes where who does what how can you now lose not just one or two kids but how many 200 oh over 200 over 200 over 200 children have now gone missing and it's startling on so many the 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 fact of the matter itself is not even what startling i mean it is but that's not even the most startling thing about it like firstly they don't even care like they're not even it's not an emergency it's not a national emergency it's similar to stuff we've talked about in the past couple of weeks where it's like for example with um, Suella Braverman's 
um, reaction to when a Holocaust survivor called her out for her inflammatory language, I was expecting her to give a typical politician's answer. Instead, she just no, said how she just, felt they it. Don't and they're doing it again. Care. They really they don't, don't care. I don't understand how you can say, yep, 200 kids have gone missing and it's not a national emergency. I don't understand how they're not taking extreme protocols right now. I don't understand that. Mm. Secondly, why is that happening? That's not normal for 200 kids just to go missing anyhow. Like, there's mm. obviously something going on, whether that's because they have, you know, intentionally slipped through kind of the, the net mm. or, and, and you know, they found, they've gone and found a life like kind of undocumented life somewhere somehow I, I don't know which begs the question like why would they choose that why are they doing that you know um and also and this is kind of like really insidious but like we actually don't know if there aren't darker powers at play here you know like mm. we we genuinely given the way that this country talks about and treats refugees and asylum seekers there's no way that we can actually rule out that this is not like foul play yeah i mean obviously we're not saying it is but you can't rule it out you can't and that's the bit that's like really insidious to me like how is everyone just so okay with not wanting to investigate not wanting to find these kids and not wanting to know what's going on i think it is as well like obviously i'm not saying that these children should be on house or hotel arrest because that's where they were being housed but at the same time how do you so in a year and a half how do so many manage to slip through uh, okay do you know what like if that is the case where they're intentionally like slipping through and intentionally just going to go live an undocumented life because that's what they would prefer to live in 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 hotel arrest which in, in which case i actually don't blame them if 200 of the more than 200 of them have done that sorry no more than 400 of them did that and then obviously i'm guessing t- like half of them then got brought back or whatever is that not uh alarming do alarm bells not go off like maybe this system is not the best one like literally 10 percent of people are like running away or trying to but we're assuming here that that that's what they've that if that's what they've done if if they have like gone and run away is it not alarming to you then that okay why is that the case yeah like i'm just gonna do the maths actually so if we're calling it like a year and a half right yeah Mm. so let's just call it um Eighteen months, mm. yeah. So eighteen months. Where's my calculator up? Eighteen months. Four hundred children have managed to slip through. Yeah. So let's do four hundred divided by eighteen, and then we'll also say that there's like roughly thirty days in a month. Mm. So that's basically every two days, at least Someone one child gone. has gone. Like that's that's actually crazy. Like yeah. you would think. After one child goes missing, that should be alarm bells, let alone 400. Exactly, (laughs) exactly. But that's my point. Like, there are no alarm bells because they actually don't care. Like, they're not, they are not trying to look after these people. It's it's just, I don't know, every time I hear anything about anything to do with this, like, um uh this crisis i'm just i i just i cannot believe like the extent of like british depravity Mm. but like i can and you know what's really funny as well is that we're we're like obviously 
in instances where once again we're speculating but in, in instances where maybe these people have gone off their own volition because they are trying to escape being on hotel arrest um, that is a massive problem right because what they tend to do is like they, they get all of these kind of refugees and asylum and asylum seekers and they put them in these like nasty ass detention centres or nasty ass hotels and they keep them there these people have been waiting for years you know often time and they cannot get on with their life they've come here so that they can start a new life and they can't get on with their, the life that they're trying to build because the state have just got them in these dingy little rooms um, and yet the, another story that broke this week was the Ukrainian oh kind of, yes yeah I forgot about that um, actually refugees and asylum seekers who there was a channel 4 news story about a, a particular story where um, the Ukrainian kind of refugees or asylum seekers they'd come to obviously this country like you know there's been like a settlement scheme where so many people I mean, when it when it was first happening, I was baffled. I did not know this many British people were that welcoming or, or or happy to open up their homes because the government basically had started a settlement scheme where they were like, "We'll give uh, a stipend to British households that allow Ukrainian, you know, refugees to come and live in their house, basically." And and British people were were you know offering their homes up in swathes in hordes, and I was like, I've never in my life seen any of this energy for like. Middle Eastern refugees for Afghan refugees you know in fact I saw there was one case where um, a lawyer was representing a refugee and the I can't remember who it was but it was someone who was like handling the case basically hadn't made any movement on the case and when the lawyer was like what is going on they was like oh I'm sorry I'm really busy with refugees with Ukrainian refugees it's insane but anyway so so What's now come out is that these, you know, quite a number of these Ukrainian refugees are um, don't feel safe in this country because of how diverse it is. So they're coming out and saying like, um, oh, we don't feel safe sending our children to schools where there's like black and brown kids. And they're saying things like, oh, there's too many Muslims here. We don't feel safe. And we're, generally they're just like struggling to kind of settle down and assimilate into you know wider british society because it's just too diverse too many black people too many brown people too many muslims and it's obviously that in itself is literally insane so none of this is to take away from the strife for the or the plight of of what ukrainians are going through right now but there is a part of it which is like yo you man are being deaded down like you lot have come here because you're not safe in your own country your life is in danger your life has been flashing before your eyes and the thing that you're concerned about is ethnics <laughs> like you on one hand you got putin <laughs> on one hand you got a hijabi and and, and a random hijabi woman and it's and it's the hijabi that's worrying you as much as putin is worrying you are you mad it is very audacious. And I, but audacious like, is the yeah. word. And I think as well, it's like, are we actually surprised? Because if you remember when, obviously, Ukrainians started evacuating, there were all yeah, the stories of, of, of them like, literally prioritising the um, evacuation of white refugees yeah. and um, ethnic people that I mean, lived in yeah. Ukraine, or ethnic Ukrainians even, actually being left behind because physically yeah. physically pushed off trains and transport that would get them to safety 
it's mad we have spoke about it before like it's it, that that in itself is crazy and it's just you know what it is like i completely understand like how, being in a new place and ukraine is obviously very ethnically homogenous and it is very 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 low numbers of non-white people in ukraine i completely understand that so i completely understand why you might come to a country like britain which you know is more ethnically diverse and you might worry that is it's that kind of unknown i completely understand that but to actually then sit there and voice your concerns to be concerned about it that's mad bro you lot have just come from war you lot have just come from war i really feel like um a lot of people a lot of non-white refugees asylum seekers if if they were put into that situation Mm -hmm. where they're being interviewed for a documentary whatever i feel like they would be terrified to voice an opinion such as that at the risk of being seen as being like one million percent having having animosity towards people that live in this country that they've come to but so why why are these people so Exactly, and all the all the ethics in your country, like there's bear man from Africa, bear man from all over Asia. Like they're not used to seeing no white people, but they don't come in that country and 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 go on their national television and be like, yeah, I'm shook of you lot. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It's like, how is multiculturalism as much of a threat to you as actual literal physical war? Yeah, but the maths ain't adding. But the reason I, I, I even raised that is because these people got so much preferential treatment and and we must admit this and we must see this like i just gave one example they got so much preferential treatment because of course in our opinion it's because they're white refugees you know and therefore their lives are inherently more valuable than say an afghan refugee and yet they're the ones who are here and it is to me that sounds like be like you're being ungrateful you know like you have Mm. come here and this family have decided to and you know what one thing i rated though that this particular family the one that i saw it was in birmingham they then ended that you know that that kind of partnership i think they both decided like okay we need to separate because that family was like i don't understand how they could say that do you know what i mean like why don't you go out and get to know people you know and you'll find Mm. out like it's not what you think it is um well, my point is, is like, how can how can someone open their home for you? How can a country open its borders for you, like, kind of without measure? And you're here, and you're now complaining about the people that live here, whose home this is, you know? Mm. I mean, and um, meanwhile, there are other refugees who who have gone through what you've gone through for for much longer for, for a lot of them for all of their lives, you know, who have taken much more treacherous journeys to come here and they're being kept in detention centers and they're being kept in dinghy hotels to the point where the only way they can go and start their life is by escaping yeah well i mean i think it's important for these um ukrainian refugees to remember as well although i would never advocate being um like saying go back to your country whatever like any refugee deserves to be safe yeah um at the same time this preferential treatment of white refugees and asylum seekers it still it's on a spectrum like at the end of the day you're still a refugee you're still an asylum asylum seeker which we are seeing in this original thing that we're talking about because the other side of it was whilst one argument that has been um since this um 200 children that are um, unaccounted for argument has come up um the argument has been that oh um 
they um, shouldn't have come here illegally. The other um, argument that um, people are putting forward is that, oh, well, you do know that the majority of these um, refugee, these refugee children that have gone missing are Albanian um Mm. Albanian males who are over the age of 16. Yeah. And it's like, it, again, there we're seeing, like, white There are good, my, yeah. good, good refugees and bad refugees, 1,000%. And it really just depends on what country you're from, what you look like. It's... And I think it can you can change. Like I wouldn't be surprised if some point in the future the general British narrative switches and Ukrainian refugees do become a negative thing. Yeah, one hundred percent. We've seen, it, 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 We've seen yeah. like it's not because it's not just racism here. It is xenophobic as well. Do you know what I mean? Like it's not. They might yeah. not be able to be racist towards you. They'll definitely be xenophobic. We see we see it all the time. Yeah, and I think again, even if we're gonna like look at this purely from the perspective of these children have gone missing just last week we were talking about the scottish gender um, reform recognition bill um or recognition reform bill um that got blocked by the uk government and part of that was making it easier for like 16 year olds to change their gender and i think a lot of the argument behind blocking it was like oh like what if they decide make a mistake at 16 and then regret it so why is it oh they're so concerned about kids yeah it's like why (laughs) are we picking and choosing okay so this 16 if you're 16 then you're not allowed to do this 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 but you're old enough for us not to really care if you go missing like and mm. I think ultimately as well, even if it was 200 people, <clears throat> 1, I think that's still... 1,000%. Like, 1,000%. It is worrying. But also like, bro, 16, you're a kid. I don't care. You are you are a kid. Mm. Like to an adult, of course, there are there are things that you could do and like, and, and whatever. But I'm saying to an adult, I don't know any adult that looks like, that looks at like a 16-year-old and doesn't think like that's a kid. Yeah. Me, I'm 26. I'm a child too. Yeah, I mean, mean? literally the UK, I'm sure, is Sajid Javid. I don't know whether the law actually went through. He was trying to bring the age of marriage back up to 18. And the argument was, oh, when you're 16, you don't know, like, what you're doing. Well, why is it we're, like... They pick and choose, like, the parameters of what childhood is, you know? Yeah, yeah, literally, when it suits them. The same way in which, like, you can, just because you're a white refugee, don't think that that means that you are completely safe. all the time, yeah, 100%. They will turn on you, too. Yeah. Listen, one thing I know about the Brits, they have unlimited hate. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they will turn on you too in our opinion in our opinion based on history based on history and facts and politics yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah I don't know it's just it's just such a kick in the teeth you know to see one demographic of people get such preferential treatment that they think they can really pick and choose who and where they stay with and then there's one one another group of people who based on kind of who they are and their identity they're literally running away so they, they could like live a life uh, uh, you know based on speculation yeah well, I do hope that I, I I think ultimately the thing to hope is not necessarily that these well actually, I don't know I don't know. Basically I just hope that these children that I've gone unaccounted for are safe. That's the important Yeah, hundred percent. That's the that's the most important thing. Yeah. And I hope that they are living a life that is better than the one that they fled in and so asylum. And here. the UK just needs to just stop being so racist, man. In our no, it's not even an opinion. Needs to just like just these people like I don't. There's why does the UK just have no the British body politic have no compassion in my opinion. Well, no, it's like if you're looking at what's it's like we were saying earlier, they just aren't 
they aren't caring anymore. They're literally coming out so brazen in the in. I mean, I think there's there's two tiers to it. I think obviously it's because they they just they it's refugees and it's migrants and sorry refugees and asylum seekers you know a lot of the time who are like ethnic or an ethnicity that they don't care about and and that's what it is like it's 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 obviously racial definitely well then there is also a level to it where it's like the british body body politic in general is just so disengaged from like the political realm you know um that video of rishi sunak and he's in a car and he doesn't have a seatbelt on. So yeah, scandalous. And he and he got well, and, and he got fined for it. Basically, like mm. he's taking a video in his car, and he doesn't have a seatbelt on. He did get he did get um five hundred, yeah. And then it, and and I saw a statistic where it was like I think there was a prime minister that didn't, no prime minister. It was like thirty years or something like that. I can't remember. It was a long amount of period of time where no prime minister broke any laws ever, or, or recorded as as having record recorded as having broken any laws mm. and then literally our last like within the last three prime ministers yeah i mean obviously within that you have got the fact that um just to put everything out there you've got the fact that it's a lot easier to record stuff now De- i mean yeah definitely but, they haven't got caught but that's my point like part of why they wouldn't get caught is because they'll be stealthy about it yeah. we're not saying that because we believe that all prime ministers are good and they completely follow, follow the law of course not um in our opinion but it's just once again stealthy they're just they're just and now at this point they don't even care how can you release a video to the whole public and your seatbelt isn't on these times you're the one maintaining laws that allow people to get fat. He didn't even care, man. He didn't even care. Mm. I don't know. It might have been the South Asian coming out on him. I mean, definitely. <laughs> but that's my point. That time he just happened to be recorded. Obviously, it must be better over times, once again, in our opinion, that he, you know, yeah. he does this and he just doesn't. And he's just getting away uh, with it. Yeah. Personally, I mean, if this is going on a tangent, but I literally, I, I, I know like there are statistics about how much it will or won't help you, but I genuinely just feel a lot more comfortable in a in a small car. With a seatbelt. Yeah. yeah. Like, I, I mean, know. obviously it's road safety, guys. Listen, follow the laws. They're yeah. there for a reason. Yeah. Right. Moving um, nationwide now oh, over the ponds. God's sake. Right. So, um... It's front page news again today because the video of this incident has gone um, viral. Um, I haven't actually watched it myself because I don't and really I would want advise to. people to not watch yeah. it. Like, okay, we're going to talk about this, but go on. Yeah. Um, right, so footage of a traffic stop that has seen five ex-Memphis police officers charged with murder shows them kicking and puncturing a motorist for several minutes as he cries out for his mother. They're seen beating Tyre Nichols, aged 29, in the videos from his arrest on the 7th of January with no signs of him resisting. Um, so, yeah, so basically, if you... When we say ex police officers at the time as in they were police officers at they, the are, time, they are now not. they're now ex obviously because they've been suspended yeah. but at the time they were serving police officers like yeah. i'm assuming on duty yeah and the thing to also bear in mind here is obviously um there has it's been widespread public conversation especially since may 2020 about um the unjust killing of black people um statistically in america mm. by the police force especially mm. and um the thing the the thing here is that the four is it four or five i think it's five i thought it was four this is five says so five right. yeah oh. five five police officers who were actually black themselves yeah. have 
killed this black man who, according to this video footage, was not resisting. Um, even if he was resisting, obviously there's argument <clears throat> as to how appropriate the level of force they were using. This is, is like but first and foremost, like before we even go into any kind of like evaluation or commentary, like this is first and foremost a tragedy. Like it is genuinely horrible. Just even hearing the details um, of it, <clears throat> one man versus five men, and he's crying out crying out for his mum at 29 years old obviously he felt extremely yeah. extremely vulnerable father like, of a four-year-old father of a four-year-old like it is first and foremost a complete tragedy and like obviously our complete solidarity and prayers and thoughts like go out to his family it is horrendous that something like this could happen and i hate the fact that we have to sit and politicize people's lives and people's deaths i hate it i hate that that's what in the end that's what someone's entire life is reduced down to but unfortunately that's the world that we live in and where where his life and his death is going to be politicized the kind of really dangerous thing about it is the fact that his murderers um are black men also and it, it, it surface level and, and people who are already kind of reluctant to accept you know kind of racism yeah. in the police force and, and all of these things just, just will, for the radio as well these people have been charged with murder but haven't actually been doing it but ultimately their actions are what killed him just right. that that's out there yeah um, but yeah so for people who are already reluctant they will now take this case and for them that's going to be proof of the fact that oh wait look <clears throat> you know, America isn't racist. The, the police force isn't racist. There is not an absolute endemic of black people being disproportionately killed in this country. Oh, look, it's black on black crime. The age old argument, black on black crime. Um, and it's, I hate, once again, I hate the fact that we have to sit here and, and, and unpack it, but it is such, it, oh God, it's so, it's just so depressing. Um, when we talk about the police force we don't talk about exceptions in the police force of course there's gonna be you know every so often there'll be a, a, a genuinely good police officer of course there'll be ethnic people black people asian people in the police force that's not to say that they are not also appendages of that same racist carceral institution the same way that we've spoke about it on the show before but the same way that we could look at someone like Rishi Sunak and say in our opinion that he is you know that he has um that the the the, the racism white supremacy and the racism of the state has been enacted within and through him as a figurehead the same exact way that the racism and the white supremacy of the police force in America has been enacted through all of its members, in our opinion, right? Because if you are working for an institution that is, and th okay, it's not our, in our, it's not our opinion that the American police forces are institutionally racist. I, once again, I'm sure there are plenty of reports that will prove that. Um, but if you are working for such an institution and you are that you therefore become an appendage of it you are representing not just representing but actively upholding the values that that institution purports now if it's something as pervasively and kind of um undeniably racist as, as the police forces in america then any way that you and any way that you're upholding or, or, or representing that force, it's going to be through racism and white supremacy, right? It is racism and white supremacy that kind of 
allows an environment where a black man can be like mercilessly and ruthlessly murdered in that way and it doesn't matter by who it's not so much the perpetrators that are important but more so the victim because could we imagine this happening to a white man no and i think i was saying um before we start recording as well like obviously this um killing has been carried out by five black men um i also don't think that they would have gone to the extent that they did if they were um um at carrying out the attack on a white man or the arrest on a white man right. because i think there would be that little voice in the back of their head that thought they know that there's going to be a lot more uproar and well, people are going to they're going to be held a lot more accountable if it was that <clears throat> obviously thankfully they are being held accountable for this and there is footage of it hopefully um justice will be served in whatever means that is um but i don't yeah. want anyone to see this case and think like oh it can't be racist because it's a black man killing black men killing black man like that they the the power bestowed on them is a white supremacist power they are enforcing and acting through a white supremacist power you know and it is an act of white supremacy to as i said ruthlessly and mercilessly kill a black man in a state like america you know mm -hmm. like and another thing as well like it's the fact that obviously it's important in this case that there was body cam footage because it allows them to not kind of make up a, a narrative that allows them to kind of get off to, to be absolved of what they have done but also like i don't understand why now that is circulating social media and there are so many people who have seen it it's not normal you guys it's not like why on earth are you not sat there watching this video it's weird it's actually weird you're watching the the mur i keep using these words the merciless and ruthless murder of a unarmed innocent black man like why are you lot obviously it's a lot more insidious than just it's a self-contained video and it's just pe people's curiosity it's been a problem where videos and footage of like black people and black bodies being maimed and mutilated and murdered is just it, it just kind of like un immeasurably circulates social media and people feel so comfortable watching this footage and intellectualizing the footage right and it is, it's kind of what we call, it's this thing called spectatorial sympathy. It's basically this idea that we have to be spectators to pain in order for, for that to arouse our sympathy. And it's therefore not kind of an objective morality. It's more seated in a subjective kind of um, spectacle, right? And also it's it's this kind of pornography of pain that's what they call it um and it's this idea that um particularly non like white people like non-black people particularly white people um they are almost like titillated like almost like stimulated um through kind of um seeing images of mutilated black bodies because it's a reminder of their the safety of whiteness it's a reminder that oh my god like this could never happen to me you know um it's kind of like a looking down upon it's a, it's it's completely voyeuristic um as as a off as on a bit of a tangent off that it's just made me think about how i think even before the ages of um all these videos of shootings killings of black people <laughs> that have acted as a desensitizer yeah. just thinking back even to school like in history obviously a lot 
of history mm-hmm. um they tick off the um teaching about racism by covering not the uk um advance in civil rights but the us advance in civil rights um and a lot of that i remember just seeing textbooks and especially like for example the body of emmett till like i remember there being it's a public absurd. picture of that well, i'm just thinking about it's that just, just think about it now like what I yeah mean, but you I can mean, go you can go much further back you can yeah. go much further back in history and start talking about public lynchings yeah but i'm, I'm interested as, in, as to what your opinion is on because i i'm not saying it from the argument of oh i don't want to see that because it makes me uncomfortable but is it right for us to put those pictures and no, videos out no, there no 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 I, it's, it's wrong like it's 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 inhumane you are dehumanizing it's one thing using that footage in a courtroom for the purpose of a a, a criminal conviction and it's another thing having it on social media a public domain that anyone could come and look on it is absolutely it's dehumanizing yeah. that, that's that, a real life human being right who he his family his friends his kid is still there if when she grows up if she wants to she can find that video mm. this is but yeah i agree on the social media but i was talking more about like for example educational purposes yeah, education. absolutely not so like, like and even like going back ages where it, it shouldn't be that we use those pictures i don't think so i don't think we should at all because i'm sorry why do not something as grotesque and brutal as that do you know what i mean like why do we need to kids can read they've got a very vivid imagination if you say someone was publicly lynched they can close their, their eyes and they can see that in their head yeah. they do not need to physically see a image of and that and that's the thing as well like maybe in an ideal world where there wasn't so such historical and political contingencies to, to black suffering where you can have it as a self-contained image and that's all it was that's all it is but that's not the case it's a very very as I say there's a massive historical and political contingency to, to, to kind of the spectacle of black suffering you know how I said before it's not just a about this case right now it's not just about Ty what's his surname sorry um, Ty Nichols it's not just about Ty Nichols dead body it's not just about Emmett Till's dead body we're, we can take it all the way back to the days where they were literally doing public lynchings for those of you who aren't aware during the during the times of like slavery and even post-slavery they would Americans would literally like you know how now on a family day out we'll go to a park we'll go to a fun fair we'll go to whatever cinema you know them times what they were doing for family days out they were going to public lynchings as in these lot will put on their best clothes they will take their kids they will buy tickets and they will go see black people be lynched out in public they'll be they'll be buying lemonade and candy floss watching black people be lynched right there's such a massive history of the spectacle of black suffering and don't get it twisted this is exactly an iteration and a continuation of that right now what the way that dead black bodies are just circulated on social media or in uh, textbooks as a spectacle right as as like oh my god look at these poor black people it's not it's like I'm getting really like wound up about it because it's something that I feel so strongly about. It's not it's 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 nothing other than as I say, spectatorial sympathy and the pornography of pain. Yeah, you know, no, and you know what I've just realised as well. I'm just thinking. I know I'm keeping going on about like history and that. I'm just thinking about because I did do history for a long time in school and I'm just thinking about how I remember seeing the pictures of for example Emmett Till's body I remember when I studied the Vietnam War and there was this image that really stuck out to me the child yeah the naked child and that I'm just thinking now I'm just just thinking now 
never once did I see an image of a soldier or white soldier 1000%. being like who had died and you would think like if it's about like bringing out empathy mm. in British students mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. the majority of whom are white yeah, then a dead British white soldier 1000%. is what would bring that yeah. so if that's the argument for putting those pictures in of black people and um, non-white people then why are we not seeing that and it is that proves your point that it is to do with this pornography of pain mm, and 100%. this like actually yeah. so, so the, the history behind it is that during the enlightenment period um where where kind of um during like actual slavery where um when there was the abolishment movement abolition movement sorry um the way that they would kind of like tickle the sympathies of white people was by showing them these like images right and then there came a point where that then became really wrong um and they weren't allowed to to do that anymore and that's when like um they people were relying on good christian ideals where they were like oh my god we can't have slaves it's not very christian of us um and then they would rely on christian ideals as like their moral compass right and and um, that was when they then kind of um, having photos and, and images became like a little bit taboo. But the way that it becomes taboo, as it becomes taboo, it also becomes, as I say, titillating, right? Because it's a little bit dangerous. It's a little bit perverse. It's kind of like, oh, can't really look, can't really look away. It's this idea that, oh, my God, this is so grotesque and so disgusting. But I it's a reminder as i say of the safety of my whiteness it's something it's 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 an artifact it's a it's something that it's like going to a zoo and looking at an animal because it's something to look upon because it's so different from my reality it's so different to what i live every single day and that's what that was that's where it comes from that's where we spectatorial sympathy and the pornography of pain that's where it comes from from that period and that politic um so it's not just kind of like oh yeah it's just bad because we think it's a bit bad and it's a bit sad to look at like it is has always been for the purpose of dehumanizing black pain and black bodies um so as to to render them kind of like a little bit disposable like yeah it's normal for us to see dead back bodies and then the next time we see it and the next time we see it and the next time we see it we won't be so horrified because it's just it just is what it is you know it's, it, it does to a certain extent normalize it and 1000 percent, what you think white people or white bodies never get mutilated and mangled in the same way of course they do we, we're not seeing them like that because these men have more dignity you know their life has more value and 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 even in death they're allowed to maintain that dignity that the way that black people and non-white people are not allowed um so anyone listening i would absolutely absolutely implore you like really sit down and think to yourself like why am i watching this it's disgusting and i think it's an actual i think it's a it's a moral like stain it's a moral stain you know t- to have these videos and these photos and i think it's actually morally disgusting for anyone to sit down and think like it's okay for you to watch this if that was your someone who you loved someone who you cared about you would never you would never and let's not forget that this was a real life human being he had family and he had friends who cared about him and who loved him and and it's it's horrendous i can't even imagine losing someone in that way and now all now you're coming on social media and people are just circulating the video as though it's a netflix trailer you know, it's not normal, guys. Like, deep what you're watching. Stop doing it. Yeah. Hello, guys. I'm back. And you know what I've realised? What have you realised? I've realised before, you know when we didn't come in? Yeah. Not my fault. It's because I was pressing the wrong... Okay, well, maybe. Well, that's kind of your fault, then. <laughs> this is Mango Masao, the South Asian show here on Pi Radio, Manchester's number one youth radio station. Mm. 
Come on, bring me energy for the end of the episode. Come on, you said you were going to... Well, I said you were going to wrap it. Hold on, it's tired and I'm tired. Come on. Do you know what, guys? I need to, I know I need to talk, talk to you guys about something. So, obviously, that in this break now, just going on my phone. Um, so, obviously, like, for those who listen, I have ADHD, right? And you would think that, like, TikTok would be the thing that, like, gets me. You would think that I'll be, like, a TikTok addict, actually. Um, and the truth is, is that I'm not. Like, I've actually... TikTok is kind of, like... I don't really go on it that often. Like, I, I really only go on it, like... I don't know, every few days or whatever. And I don't I always, like, scroll loads on it. I'll tell you one thing I am addicted to, though. Chalk-crushing ASMR videos. I don't know if... I don't know if you lot know what I'm talking about. But I've just shown Carlos my Explore page on Instagram. And it is yeah. all just chalk-crushing and nails. And I'm actually shocked because I've never seen a explore page that actually has that level of consistency to it but it's genuinely like just all like that's all i do like it's all like it's so funny you know the memes when it's like my man worrying about me cheating on him me watching (laughs) chart crushing videos but i swear to god i don't know what it is like i actually tweeted the other day like I really want is there any psychologists that follow me if there's any psychologists that listen to the show Simran <laughs> I was about to say Simran what's wrong with me why am I addicted to chart crushing videos it's been a long time it's been a few months now and wallahi I'm not even joking like at least three four times throughout every single day I'll sit down and for a few minutes at a time I will just watch sometimes it could be like 20 minutes and I'm just watching chart crushing videos it is so satisfactory. It just proper like itches a scratch or scratches an itch in my brain. Apparently it's got it's like because of anxiety and stuff. Like people that have anxiety, but I don't I don't have anxiety. Well Well, I mean, maybe you do and you just don't know about yeah, it. Yeah, I don't do if I have but I have I've spoken about it on the show before I've met I struggle with my mental health a little bit over the past couple of months and that's when I've been not like, really addicted to them. Maybe there is there must be a link. There has to be something of of so something going on in my silly little brain that's like <laughs> yeah mm, they've drawn crushing ASMR videos mm. but I'm just so addicted I just oh I love them mm. anyways I just wanted to share that with you guys I'm happy for you I think the problem with stuff like that is like obviously it's good in terms of it's uh it's a satisfying thing it makes you feel a bit more relaxed that sort of thing the problem is you then fall into that loophole of watching them for 20 minutes rather than say two minutes to get you back into the zone to do stuff you know what i mean i just love that's when i'm like being indulgent though i'm just you know what i'm just trying to think about what if tomorrow all the chalk crushing ASMR videos got cancelled in the world. <laughs> cancelled? Why would chalk in, like, get cancelled? No, cancelled as in, cancelled as in, like, they all got deleted and they all got banned and illegalised. Oh my God, I don't know how I would cope. I think I would actually have, like, I think I have withdrawal symptoms. Do you think it's purely watching or do you think you'd actually enjoy doing I'll, it yourself? I'm so desperate to do it. Please, guys. Where, do you know what? I looked on Amazon, Jim Chalk, and it was, like, 17 quid. I was like, I'm not paying £17. But wait, I think I looked at the wrong thing because these men, they'll just be crushing like 50 blocks at once. Surely it can't be that much. I think it must be something different. Um, but I need to, you know what? I need to, I, there's just, yeah, I need to do it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it. I'm going to buy it. I'll record it and then we can yeah. post it on our Instagram. You guys can see. There's a nefarious joke to be made here, but I will steer away from it. About what? <laughs> About what you're um, crushing the chalk. And what skills it's preparing you oh, for. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, but I will 
not. You do love the word nefarious, don't you? I do. It's because it sounds too posh, so it's a good way to describe things that you shouldn't be talking about. It's very interesting. It's a a fantastic word, I won't lie. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, producer Halima has got a little game for us. I do. It's called friend or foe. Basically, I'm going to give a list of like fictional characters and Carlos and I have to def- like decide whether we'd be friends with this person or not, like if they were a real life person. Um, mm-hmm. The first person I've got is Harry Potter. Um, I personally would not be friends with this person because they come from mind of a turf. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Forget Okay, yeah. I mean, born J.K. Rowling. Can we say in that? Our, in our in opinion. Our opinion. Um, but... I mean, like, I mean, actual Harry, say Harry Potter was real, whether he's in our life or where yeah, in his life, well, like, would you be mates with him? I'll I'll let you go into this because we agreed on this before. On air, I, still, I am a Harry Potter, yeah. like, stan. I'm not, go- okay, do you know what? I'm not going to lie, yeah. I Again, once again, I did tweet this. I did say JK Rowling is a smelly little twer- turf, in our opinion, but Harry Potter is genuinely one of the best examples of world building I have ever seen in my life. I love anyone that knows me knows I love Harry Potter. I just love it. Ugh. Anyways, yeah, it's sad that so many, that it had to yeah. be like that. I know, I know. But anywho, um, would I be friends with him? I don't know. You know, because he's a bit like boring no i have seen this like it's kind of like he's literally the most mid person ever do you know what i mean i'm trying to think like what are his personality traits like you don't really ever see him bust any jokes you don't really see him like laugh that much i mean i get it he's fighting the dark lord he's not got much to laugh about in his life but it's not it's not like because me everyone knows me i'm a very light-hearted person i'm a very comical person and I'm just thinking, like, do you know what Harry Potter is? You know me, yeah, in school. I was friends with everyone. And even, like... Okay. Yeah, I'm, you continue giving your description. I'm not being rude, yeah. But, like, you know them people in school that, like, on paper, like, you lot will have nothing in common. Like, the kind of, like, quote-unquote nerds. I always had such a soft spot for nerds in school. Like, I would just... I'm sorry, guys, I don't mean to sound rude or paternalistic, but I did. I had such a soft spot for the nerds, and I would always, like, be friends with them. And I'm not even going to lie, like, couple lunch times, like, I would hang out with them. Like I would actually go and hang out with the nerds. Um, um Halima, are you sure you weren't just a nerd? No, excuse me. I was friends with everyone. I was actually friends with everyone, but I had a special soft spot for the nerds. Um, and I reckon, but Harry Potter, even though he's a nerd, he's very popular, isn't he? No, because he gets bullied as well. Not really. Like Draco Malfoy. Yeah, but he's like he just he gets bullied by a couple of people. Do you know what I mean? I'd say Ron gets more bullied. Yeah, true, because he's a Weasley. But I'll be more friends with Ron than I'll be friends with Harry Potter because Ron's a bit like, he's a bit naughty, he's a bit mischievous. No, Ron actually has. It's weird because when you think about it, Ron is like a typical wake up, play, eat load. That's like, what I'm guy. saying. That's what, my kind of guy. Like, yeah, whereas. But but you think they wouldn't have as much personality, but then when you actually get into it, like yeah, he does. But okay, you know what? I'll be friends with him. I probably won't be like very close with him because I just don't think he's got any special personality trait. 
Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That he doesn't have charisma. That's Riz. It's the word is Riz, isn't it? Guys, is that what Riz stands that's for? That's what Riz stands okay. for. I had to get on my oh my god, guys, me and yeah, Carlos. Me and Carlos, I'm sure we could even talk about it now. I don't know any slang. I don't know anything. I'm so like my family call me boomers, yeah. Cause I'm so we're Gen Z millennial cusp. I I'd say let's give ourselves some dignity and put ourselves a millennial because I think we're we're old we're old for our year group. I will hold on yeah, to yeah we are millenn- I will hold on to millenn- I do not want to be associated with Gen Z. Really? No, I no. love Gen. I think they're no. great. I think they're really really great. They're great in their own, but also I think the way that they are, I think the majority of Gen Z didn't. They grew up with technology, whereas I think yeah, we actually we came, didn't. We came a bit later yeah. on in life. It's true, it's true. But I don't. No, I would. I'm not gonna lie. I would say I'm. I'm cusp. Like I would say I'm. We're cusp, but if I'm gonna claim one, it's gonna be millennial. Yeah, no, I'd put myself firmly in the cusp because I feel like I'm. I'm a bit of like, I have. I have tendencies of both. I would say, um, but I'm not. I, I can never be really accepted by the Gen Zs. I get bullied by them. I don't know. Like, there's so many slang words, yeah, that I don't even know. Like, bare TikTok trends. My family will always. They literally call me a boomer. Like, they, I'm not even a. Guys, this is how like ancient I am to them. They call me a boomer. I like they. I don't. Yeah, I, I'm just not. You are to the quite trend. old, to be fair. I am old. I'm yeah. age. I do feel ancient sometimes. But guys, yeah. come on! I like bare things that they'll be chatting about. I'm like, what's this? What's that? And they're like, oh my god, you never heard of this? You never heard of that? You're such a you're such a boomer. And Riz was one of them words. I had to like yeah. get my cousins to sit down and explain to me what is Riz? How do you use it? What does it mean? But. I'm, I'm, I can't believe that it's happened to me. Once upon a time, I knew I knew all the slang words. I knew all the trends. I was so hip. I was so cool. And there would be all the people who'd be talking like they don't know. I'd be like, oh my God, you lot are ancient. You're so old. You're so uncool. How did I... I don't understand how I've slipped through the cracks and I've turned into that person now. But anyways, yeah, that's what Riz means. It means charisma for I mean, other millennials that are listening that don't I, understand. I got that it meant like sauce or something yeah, like sauce, that. But I just, it's it the fact that it's st- from charisma. I'm like, oh, okay, that's actually I didn't even cool. know. I actually had to get like, them to explain it to me. But yeah. Harry Potter's got no Riz. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, how can you make such a, like, culturally impactful, significant character... And you've not even given him a sprinkling of Riz. Well, you know what it is? It's because the whole book is like kind of, it's not written in first person, but it's from his perspective. Yeah. So I think you kind of get away with it because no, it's but, like, Well, yeah, you, you do get away with it because it's still a fantastic, fantastic series. But I just mean like, why don't you just give him a little something, something that, that, that little je ne sais quoi, like, yeah. he's just a bit boring. <laughs> do you know what? No, like, they should have made me main character of Harry Potter. You know, I should have been the chosen one. That would make more sense. You know what's funny is like the most like intenseness, the closest thing to intense we get, it isn't even like when he, anything with like he must not be named Voldemort or whatever you want to say. Uh, that's me going into nerd mode there. Um, it isn't even anything to do with Voldemort. It's in the sixth book where he starts fancying Ginny and it's like, oh, um, he felt something inside of him. Do you know him. what I'm <laughs> saying? And I get it. You're, you're on survival mode. The Dark Lord is trying to, like, dead you, unalive you. I understand that. you got to save Hogwarts. you got to save the whole wizarding world. I understand, Harry. But crack a joke every once in a while. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, lighten up. Yeah, it's just I mean, so boring. Yeah, I think that the movies did give him a bit more 
character than the books did. Yeah, yeah they like, did. But even then, even in the movies, yeah. he's just bloody hell. They're really oh god. If any anyone any budding writers are listening, and they want to fashion a character out of me, I think it will do fantastically well. Right. I didn't even know it's the time. We've got to log off now. We're going to have to continue for another day. Yeah, we will. Could be, we could be a reoccurring segment. Yeah, but thank you so much to everyone that has tuned in. This has been Manga Masala, the South Asian show. We're going we to finish with this one from Jazzy Beats, Divide and Rule. Um, got some historical context there, so keep your ears peeled. Is it ears peeled? I don't know. Eyes and ears peeled. Eyes and ears peeled for this because you learn something.